Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Jeff and Kim Jones uh, are an amazing couple you get to hear from. Um, they have served in ministry in different capacities over the last 30 years. Um, they currently own and operate uh, True Building, one of the best construction companies in the, in the city of Wichita. Uh, and they have been married, wait for it, 43 years. They must have gotten married when Miss Kim was like five years old. Uh, they are the proud parents of two sons, and they have four grandchildren. And, and uh, let's see, um, they have spoken. So the interesting fact, so I quizzed them a little bit. Interesting fact, they have talked about marriage on many different occasions over 43 years of marriage. This is the first opportunity they're taking to speak on marriage together. So if you guys will give it up for Jeff and Kim Jones. Thanks, Ann. You know, it's uh, uh, quite an uh, eye-opening experience when you think, uh, I, I kind of got a good hold on our marriage after 43 years. I need to say something. We've been married 43 See, years. this is how it starts, right? But now. I do reverse age, and I'm only 26. Go ahead. There we go. So with that said, I never <laughs> thought any different. But we, we you know, you, you, you run across things that you, you really never thought about a whole lot until you're in that situation. And this situation of doing the EXO Marriage Conference was probably the first thing I'd say is, uh, wow, this is harder than I thought it would be. Because while we both taught and done different things, we've never done it together. And then we tried to run through something. It's like, this, you guys are in for a treat. I don't know if it's going to be really bad, really good. I don't know. But I'm going to give glory to God tonight for whatever comes and whatever happens. We've had some interesting discussions. So we're going to start off really talking about tonight... What brought us together? How we met? And Have you ever heard of opposites attract? That's us. You couldn't get any more opposite. Yeah, we, she, I'll start with me telling about her because, she, you know, I look at something that was so foreign to what I was used to. She was born and raised in the same house. Yes. Gorgeous. I don't know if they had our pictures up here earlier today or they will tonight, but man, she was love at first sight. And met her at a bowling alley. She actually, uh, picked me up, and I can go on to detail about that, but it's, she picked me up. Just remember that if it ever is asked to you again. So we met, and I drove her home. I said, I'll take you to your house tonight. So I started driving to her house, and all of a sudden, she said, wait, where are you going? I said, well, I, I, I'm going to stop by my house first. So we found out as he was driving to his house that we lived just around the corner from each other. Two blocks. But I had lived in the same house my entire life with the same neighbors, nobody moved, everything was the same as opposed to him. I was an Air Force brat, used to moving around. So we moved Okinawa, Oklahoma, it, just moving was part of it and you got used to it. But there was something that enamored me about her. I fell in love with her. So what was cool about it is as we started dating, after that first night of the bowling, we talked day in, day out. Although we started off saying we had differences, man, I never saw them. This is just, she's, she's perfect, you know? 
Well, and we did. One thing, I mean, I hit the jackpot because, A, he's so good looking. And, B, he was in a rock band. I'm just saying. I was a groupie. They had a two-car garage that was separated from their house, and that's where I went every night with this band. He played the Hammond B3 and sang. Just saying. It was good. Used to. Long yeah. time ago. But we really, we recognized differences, yeah. but that's what attracted us to each other. You know, it was just like, man... You know, I've never, we just weren't around music. At, at my house, we turned on the TV. That's what we watched all night long. We really didn't play a lot of music. All of his family, you know, had, the, had music abilities. So things like that, you know, you're just like, man, this is really cool. I like this. Well, you remember that first date when I wanted to take you out on a picnic? Oh, yeah. And then there's love. I, eggs gross me out. They just, they gross me out. So Jeff decides to take us on a picnic and he made egg salad sandwiches. This is true love. I ate, I think I she took a few it. bites and then said, I'm really not very hungry. Yeah. It was horrible. But we're saying all this to set up really <laughs> what our differences are. I mean, we're so much different. And God put together his design that he's going to provide you a helper. Your helpmeet. That's what he did in Genesis. Read about it. Adam, he made Eve as his helpmeet. So I, although we didn't see the differences as we learned and we're going to talk tonight, those will start to show themselves. So we got married within a year. I mean, by the age of 18, we were married. You want? Long time ago. A long time ago. Um, this is when it really, as an interesting time of our life, we became one flesh. But as we hear in the church today, we didn't know what that meant. I mean, we were non-Christians. We hadn't been raised in church. Matter of fact, I... Well, she'll say this about me. I was never in church, so I believed in evolution. That's how I was raised. Yeah, it was right after we got married. It was, it's funny. We, how many, okay. So we were married at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Anybody else get married at 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. Jeff is like, I want to get the wedding there we over. There, hey, Seriously? we're thinking alike. Seriously? Yeah. Okay, so he. he it's all was, about the honeymoon, I'm isn't it? <laughs> So, you know, by 12.01, we're done, you know, and ready yeah. to go on. I mean, and back then, and we didn't spend the $9,000 on the video. You know, we had a few pictures taken. It was a little bit different back then. But you do, you become one flesh, just like in Mark 10.8, it talks about, and the two shall become one. And when you go and you perform a marriage ceremony, you go up to the altar. Well, we weren't thinking of the altar in the way that Christians do. We were like, let's get up there, let's say the I do's, and let's move on. That song just pops in my mind when she's talking about this. Go on to the altar and where? Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows it. But <laughs> going to the, the altar brings on a whole new meaning. And really that's kind of where a lot of this is what we're going to talk about is altar points in our life. Because every time we run across a life-changing situation, it becomes, it, it can be an altar. It's not always a good altar. It's not always a bad altar. But an altar is, she wrote down, is a place of memorial or consecration. And while we were talking about this, that's, that's really where the Lord, we feel like he led us. Even when we didn't, when we got married, we didn't know the Lord. And as Jeff said earlier, I can remember a conversation in our first home. We, were, we had been married maybe a year. And we were standing there, and so for some reason we were talking about religion because, trust me, we did not get on that subject. But I remember Jeff saying, I believe in evolution. And I'm thinking, really? 
I believe in God. Not that I, not that you would be able to tell that, but it's like, you know. So I remember thinking that could pose a problem, but we'll deal with it when we have kids, and we just moved on. So I mean, we just literally. Yeah. yeah. Kids, kids change things. That's, yeah. That is yeah. an altar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as we as we became. Uh, there's some funny stories that happened along our early years of marriage. Before you have kids, you know, life is different. When you don't have kids, you can be very spontaneous. And there's one trip I have to confess. I'm like, I came home on a Friday night. I said, dear, hey, let's go to Colorado. I want to go to the mountains. She had never traveled a lot. So it's like, it's, it's like when you want to show somebody a new toy or something, you want to get out and, and just share everything with them. So we were And this was one of our differences. He, he is very spontaneous, and I'm like, I need to plan. So even then when he came home and said, let's go to Colorado, I'm going, wait a minute. You know, the differences just aren't quite so cute when you're living with each other 24-7. Yeah, they start to show themselves they do. a lot more. So we took off going to Colorado, and honestly, we weren't, didn't have a lot of money when we were married, just living on love. And so we took off to Colorado, had $75. I was going to be in a tent. Let's go up in the mountains. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy it. Got out there, had fun, had a great weekend. And then started back, and I got, actually got sick from the altitude or whatever, but start coming home, and uh, we don't have enough money to get home. Which, I re- if I remember, that's what I was telling him. We don't have enough money to go up there and come back. So, of course, I had to say, what did I tell you? Yeah. I so, what do we so. have to do? I had to call my dad. Dad, I'm- could you send some money? Seriously. I'm only saying this because I want you to picture maybe in your life, certain situations with your spouse that maybe in the early years. And I will tell you, one of these things that we have learned this week is we've been blessed so much. There's so many good times. There's so many things to, when you look back, it's really easy to look back at a negative situation. But then you start going through photos of 40 years of marriage. You think, wow, we had some great times. Wow, we've got a good marriage. So, one of the hardest times in our walk was uh, my niece was killed in a car wreck when we were uh, not Christians, and my sister and brother-in-law, who we hung out with all the time, were brand new believers. And she was only four years old and really just broke us apart. The thing that hurt, or we didn't understand, the, the loss of any loved one is very painful, but what we didn't understand is all of a sudden, when we're wanting to go comfort our sister and brother-in-law, and here there's a bunch of church people around, and I, I, we just didn't get it. When I walked into the hospital, Bill and Christy and Jeff and I hang out all the time. We were doing drugs. We were doing, but I mean, we, we were together all the time, and when they got saved, that friendship severed, and it was heartbreaking. Well, then Nikki ended up being killed, and... Um, that was one of our ultra moments, once again, that we didn't recognize going through it. But we walked into the hospital, and there was all these people standing around praying. And I can remember how angry I was. I thought, how dare you come into my family and try to put us to the side and move in? I just I didn't understand uh, what the church was for and, and why they were there. So and we I were really did. angry. We were really angry because we felt like they were interfering in our family. And so that was a huge time for us. And working through that, God had a plan all along. I'm not saying he took her life, but he used her life in a, in a mighty way. And so they had just been saved and they kept telling us, hey, you need to come visit church. And I'm like, why? I, what, so this is my sister. She knew we weren't raised in church. 
And, uh, but they had a real experience with God. So after about a year, I would say, of her nagging, we said, okay, we'll show up for family day. And she just kept saying, man, you, you need to come check it out. Well, we go to church, and uh, they were having a revival. And I think we went the first night, and we left. And then we went back the second night, two nights in a row to church. Man, this is the guy that's never gone to church before. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of us. And Kim can tell her side of it, what you experienced. But bottom line is we went down to the altar together and accepted Christ. We were 23 years old. I had been exposed to the gospel. We had gone to church until I was about 12. And right around the time I was 12, it was the first time I'd heard about Jesus and him coming back, and it scared me to death. But I ended up giving my life to him, but didn't know how to live for him. So I walked away. But the Holy Spirit never left me. So if I can encourage you guys, if you're praying for anybody, I'm telling you, The Holy Spirit will not let up on them. So for 12 to 13 years, he pursued me. So we're standing there, and I I remember the first night we were there, I kept crying, and I was getting mad because I'm like, why am I crying? What is going on here? And I don't want Jeff to see me crying. This is ridiculous. Well, when we went back the next night, I remember I was standing at the pew, and you guys, it was like, it wasn't like my life flashed before my eyes, but the memories and everything that was going through my mind, it, it was the Holy Spirit. There's no other explanation. I didn't know that at the time. And I was thinking of all these reasons I couldn't go down there. And I literally, the next thing I knew, I was at the altar. And I looked over and there was Jeff. And, I mean, it was, just, it was amazing. But the funny part is we were saved on April 1st, April yeah. Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. <laughs> Yeah, so, so we're we always, a spiritual birthday coming up. We're always up here. hoping, you know, we don't get up there and go, April Fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was an altar, okay? That was a defining <laughs> moment in our life. And, and really, what I, I want you to think about in your lives, maybe since you've met one another when you got married, think about these altars in your life as we go through and talk about ours, because every story is different. Every family is different. Every situation is different. But I guarantee you, God's put altars in front of you or ask you to remember this, a place of remembrance. And, you know, while we're talking, it's just, it's just like when you read in the Word of God, you know, we're talking about 43 years, and, and we're doing it in just several minutes, which is great. But there were so many things that, you know, sometimes people can get up here, and we just look so together and so with it, and it's like, You've got to remember there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, or joy and laughter, yeah. you know, in between those things. But once we got saved, we just immersed ourselves into church. And once again, this is where one of our differences came about. Indeed. I was like a sponge. I could not get enough. And Jeff was enjoying it, but it was like, he was, it's, he's so analytical. It's like he was having everything they preached on. It was like a question. It was really annoying. I'm a doubting Thomas. I'll confess. I'm one of these guys that, what? And we really? Would, so we'd leave church and get in a fight. I mean, it's like, this is ridiculous. This is not yeah. how this should be. And I, a lot. We would go to church. We'd leave. We'd be upset with each other. And it's, it's like, this is not how this is supposed to be happening. But is this how, it is how it's supposed to happen because God puts you with somebody that's not like you. And so quite oftentimes it's like, man, why do they believe like that and I believe like this? Or why do they receive this and I don't? That's the way God designed it. Isn't that ironic? You'd think it'd give somebody, hey, you're my soulmate. You're, you're my helpmate. You're everything else. Why aren't you just like me? I know, and I know there's couples out there because we meet all all of them that it's like, oh, they're just so compatible and, 
they never fight, and you notice our title is Worth the Fight, so we are not going to sit up here and go, we never fight, because we do. Fought this week, didn't we? Woo! Yeah. It was a good week. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we get saved, and we do. Jeff was started playing and, and being part of the worship team at the church, and we were getting involved, and it, it was a great time. Our, you know, good and bad times, we but we made it through. We grew a lot, and so that takes us through and to our early 30s. And then the church that we were attending, there were some things that happened and Jeff and I ended up leaving and that was another moment in our lives that yeah. it was just devastating. We had, you know, once again, not being in church, we didn't understand that those things happened sometimes. Right. You know, you, we had to learn that. And so we ended up leaving the church. We went to another place and God just was working this whole time. When we left, it, was, it felt so unfair to me. And I just couldn't understand why we had to leave. But God had a plan, you guys. And we didn't see that plan as we were walking the day-to-day -day walk. But once you get beyond that and you look back, you can so see the hand of God on all of this. Some of that plan was I had a drywall business. I'm a drywall by trade. And, and really, it went downhill. And so we got into financial issues, long story short, but ended up when we were really not in a good financial position. And we had a pastor friend of ours in Arkansas said, uh, I want you to come down and check out this church in Arkansas. I would like to, to, so we go down there. God just really came all over me, said, you know, it's one of those things I was bawling. I was just bawling at the front, sitting in the pew, and it's like, God, are, are you calling us here? And I said, there's no way. There's no way we can do, no possible way. We've got liens on our house. We got this. We got that. But God, if it's you, you know, me doubting Thomas, if it's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay a fleece out here. You're going to have to sell the house. You're going to have to get her a job. You're going to have to get me a job. You're going to have to do all this. Within two weeks, all that was done. Literally. Our house it sold like, like that. It was, it blew our minds. Uh, there's, there was no doubt. So here we are. I had a 1978 Ford pickup truck. We load up a flatbed open trailer with all our stuff. We look like the Beverly Hillbillies. We're going to Arkansas, and we're, we're happy to be driving down the road. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't know who was behind us. I, I'm sorry if you were, but we had several things fall off. Oh, no, I need to about. tell this. So, we have, so Jeff loads this. We, we were using our mattresses as the side of the truck, and it is, it is yeah, full. It was, it was quite a It's sight. embarrassing. And this old truck... And we had uh, some friends of ours going with us, so we finally get everything loaded up. We're leaving everybody behind. We get on the highway, and literally something comes off, and is, there's sparks. We finally figured out it must have been our iron. But I'm thinking, all I can Not think good. is we're going to kill somebody. They're going to find out it was us. They're going to come and get us. Yeah. It was terrible. And it took us nine hours to get to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, Jeff, had to, and a half hour Jeff had to stop and do an oil change on the way. It was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was an old truck. In Tulsa, Kmart parking lot right there. Everybody knows in that area. Yeah. But anyway, we got down there. This was the most exciting time probably in our Christian life of walking with God because we had taken a step of faith not knowing what was on the other side, not knowing what to expect, going in there, not knowing anybody except this one pastor couple. And uh, it was like, God, we trust you. God, we believe in you. God, we're in this together, but we were in this together. And so for our marriage, yes, it had challenges, but you know what? We had a common vision. We had a common direction. 
So we, all that time in ministry and going through that, we got busier and busier. Our faith kept, we were, man, we were, I mean, every day of the week. And I can, you could probably see this coming if I was. Well, I'm just going to say this to give you an idea. Jeff was the associate pastor. He was the youth pastor. He was over a million dollar building program. What else did you do? It, it was ridiculous. And we allowed that. And that's, that's something that we speak into people and, and, I mean, we've been there where you're living at church, and that's not a bad thing. But you just have to be careful to not lose your family yeah. because that's not what that's not going to be honoring to God. So anyway, we were really and, busy. And you can do that in business. You can do that in sports. You can do that in everything. Be so consumed in it and not pay attention to your spouse through this time uh, that you, you really kind of can lose control. And so we got very busy and to the point, I'll never forget when my oldest son, he said, Dad, when is this going to end? And Jeff would get up at 7 in the morning. This is no exaggeration. He'd leave the house at 7, and he'd get home at 10. And that was day after day after day. And, and it, wasn't like, it wasn't like I was necessarily upset about it. We, would be, we were doing, it was all for the Lord. Right. So right. it was okay. And it's like, we'll endure to get through this. But there's a balance. So on that note, pray for your pastors. In your church, always pray because there's a lot of demands and, and, and things on them. So always remember that. But we came to a point that we had a difference with the pastor. And as things go, it was time to us to leave. Very painful, very hurtful situation. And uh, I hate to say it's not a broken record. It's just another altar. Okay. And in that altar... This was going into probably the hardest part of our 43 years in marriage. And that is, all of a sudden, we became very lonely. You go from being needed, very busy, you're doing all this, doing all this, and then all of a sudden, I had a great offer from a company that said, hey, we'll pay to bring you back to Wichita and come back here. And that's, that's a blessing, but we came back here and it's like, okay, our phone never rings. We don't do anything. And we were so busy and so active. We went from... 100 miles an hour to nothing. And when we moved back, we thought, well, we're going back home. We've only been gone three years. So, and our oldest son was really having a difficult time. So we were excited to get back here. And, and just like Jeff said, I mean, it was like crickets. And I can remember one time calling a friend and we were desperate to go do something with someone. And we'd been through a lot of hurt and just wanted to spend time. And, and they had no clue that we were feeling this way. But we called them, and I remember she just said, oh, I think we're just going to stay home and watch the football game. Not a big deal, but I hung up the phone, and I bawled. I mean, I, I, I just told Jeff, I just, I can't believe this is where we grew up. It's like we don't know anybody. And so we didn't realize it, but we were both grieving in our very right. own separate ways. And we weren't addressing it the right way, okay? That's what we need to encourage people now. You can go through grieving. You can go through quiet times. But that's the time you especially need to get with your spouse, agree together, pray together, seek God, and make sure the word says where two or more are gathered in his name, he's there in the midst of it. So really, the two of you, your spouse and you are the, the smallest church. You become a church. God's there in your midst. So there's power in the prayer when you pray together. You things, see things happen. But sometimes if you're both in a point that you become isolated and hurting, which there's people probably here tonight that are, use this time to talk. Use this time to heal. But 
what happened through us is, and I'm going to blame it on me, I had an affair. And something I never thought I would do. And I was in a bad situation at a bad time. I can look back at it now and say, gosh, how did I let myself get to that point? But in that point, I was finding somebody that was giving me attention. Somebody, you know, those things out there that I was seeking wrong. It's sin. It's wrong. But that's where we were. And this was after 30, mar- 30 years, 25, yeah, 30, 20 years of marriage. See, I don't even remember the day. I try to block it out. I just. We don't talk about this much. Yeah. And, it's, and so that was part of just kind of reliving this again this week. But we always knew, we felt like God would use this at some point, and we, and we just hope this speaks to somebody. We don't know who's sitting out here. We hope all of your marriages are at that point where they're strong and they're moving forward. But the reality is, guys, very easily there could be somebody sitting out here, maybe not having an affair, but just thinking, we're too different. But that's what we hope you see in our story is how God is able to, no matter if you're different or the same, if you'll allow him, he'll bring that together and when Jeff said that he takes the blame, there, it's always two in a marriage. There's always two people, you know, if it's working or not working. So um, that, that was a difficult time. And um, I don't think he'll mind me saying this. There's, there's different types of divorce, excuse me, affairs. And not that it makes one better or worse. I don't mean it that way. But Jeff had fallen in love with this woman. And so we weren't even sure in the beginning that he was going to be able to come back. But he did. And we knew that we had a lot of work. And I can remember when he, when he first came back, it was, it was really hard for both of us. And so um, I can rem- we, would get in, we would get in knockdown, drag out fights. And I can remember just being so angry and we'd be yelling at each other. And I can remember when I was standing there one time and we were in a yelling match, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And he started asking me questions. And every question was like, why are you fighting for this? And, I, and I'm thinking, why are you asking me? You need to be asking him. Why is it always on me? I'm always the one to say, I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's, and I mean, the Holy Spirit would just stay right there and he'd keep asking me the questions. And guys, when he boiled it all the way down, I had to say, because I want my way. I'm wanting my way in this situation. And so... That's one reason we picked this title, It's Worth a Fight, because I felt like that's when the Spirit told me to take the eye out of fight. And when you take the eye out of fight, what do you have? Fine grace. No. Oh, yeah. I got it. I'm supposed to be the sound effects. <laughs> yeah. I told that. Well, take the eye out of fight. You don't so have next, the word. Next time you're in a fight. So I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm thinking, what is F-G-H-T? And we thought, it's find grace and hold your tongue. And if you'll do that, it's hard. But I tell you, that was the beginning of God, us realizing that the Holy Spirit stepped into our marriage and started doing the healing. Like I said, you don't always realize it on the day-to-day but I knew that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. There was no doubt in my mind. And this was an altar. This was our hardest, most difficult altar. And I go back to that definition of altar, a place of memorial or consecration. It's something I wish I could remove. I try to ignore it, but it was a turning point in our marriage. 
We looked at things different. We addressed things different. We knew how to be a little more on guard against things like that and pray together. And it, was, it was definitely a point of, okay, how do we get started again? That isolation's still there. We're kind of on our own. It's like, okay, it's worth the fight. And so it took some years, but we gradually got back involved around people in church and that was a big step for us, a big step for me, not probably as much as her. But emptiness comes from unfulfilled goals and unmet expectations. So sometimes when you're feeling empty, you have to ask yourself, why am I feeling empty here? Why, what's going on? Is it, did I, was I have false expectations somewhere? My business, my family, my wife, whatever it is, Reality has to set in, reality in your communication with your spouse. But on our 25th anniversary, that was probably three years after the affair, uh, we took a, a cruise and then went to Disney World. It's kind of like those people when their kids are leaving home. Hey, let's go to Disney World. That is the time to go to Disney World. I'm telling you, taking <laughs> yeah, kids, after your kids is are gone. overrated. We would, sit, we would sit and watch these families with all these little kids, and they're yeah. screaming and crying, and they're whining and complaining, and we're just sitting there going... This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. And really to bring, bring a lot of this to a, a close, from that point on, from that altar, it wasn't the last altar, and it's not going to be our last altar, okay? We went through a, a really gradual time of growth and becoming each other's best friends. So now we know we're very confident. We're, I, I've put too much into her to start all over, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but we, we definitely are best friends now. We talk about things together before we do them more than we used to, which is something that God brings you together as the one flesh. And one thing I want to bring out, um, one of the differences that we have, and I, this may or may not speak to somebody out there, but, you know, a lot of times when you come to a marriage conference like this, you're going to hear speakers say, oh, if you're the husband, your wife probably dragged you here. And, or they'll say, oh, you know, your wife wants you to hold her hand more. And I don't like going to marriage conferences because I relate more to the man. Yeah. He relates more to the woman in a lot uh, of areas. I have to and it. I tell you, it was a real, it was difficult for me because I thought, what is wrong with me? You know, and I'll never forget, we went to a marriage conference at a church that we used to attend. And my niece and her husband had gone with us. And I remember leaning over telling her, I'm always the man in the situation. She goes, so am I, Aunt Kim. And I'm like, really? I didn't know there was anybody else out there like me. So I just, I want you guys to know that we can speak in gen generalities at times, but it's, it's not always going to fit who you are. That's right. And sometimes when that happens, you're going to walk out that door and there's going to be tension. So I just want you to know that there is there are so many individual people in here, the way you've been raised, what you believe, what you don't believe. So don't allow that to be a hindrance. I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures here. The first one being Isaiah 43, 19. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Am I making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland? That's what God does. The other side of that, though, Jeremiah 18, 2 and 4, if you've heard the story of the potter and the clay, it says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear thy words. 
So I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Wherever you are right now in your relationship with your spouse, you may be broken. You may feel like you just got thrown on a wheel. You may feel like you're, man, you're turned into a vase that's just absolutely doing well, ready for the flowers. But God will continue to do that work in your lives if you let him. That's what happened to us when the affair happened. Our father came into that room, yeah. and he said, I'm going to have to smash you down, and I'm going to need to remake you, but trust me. And so, you know, when we stand, when you've walked through times like this, and you come and you worship, you're not just singing words to a song. You've lived those words. Yeah. And I will take every opportunity I can to tell you how good my Jesus is yes. and how faithful he is and how understanding he is and his mercy and grace endures forever. So we would love to pray for you guys and just ask if there's challenges or whatever, you just grab onto your spouse and let Jesus hang on to you because he'll never let you go. So, Father, we come to you. Father, you know every every person individually in this yes. room. And God, we would ask that you would do a work, Holy Spirit, that only you can. If there are marriages facing what they may think is divorce, God, I pray you would just amaze them and see what you can do. Yes. Remake them, Father. And Father, if they're doing well and they're, they're walking down this path of life as they should, we pray that they will be a blessing to others and that your light will shine through them. Father, we thank you for this team within this church that is willing to love and put into these couples. And we ask, especially for our leadership here, Father, that you will cover them, yes. continue to speak to them, and do what only you can, Father. And we ask it in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thanks, guys. guys. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.